Guess Who's Single Again. I'm your host, Indy Hickey, and today's episode is called Relationships Are a Hell of a Thing. I have contemplated doing this episode for a little while now. It is very close to my heart, I think, and I think... I definitely wanted to be able to speak on this well because I have been doing this podcast, which is called Guess Who's Single Again for a really, really long time. And today I want to talk about relationships, how I thought I was ready for a relationship. When I went into one, I was quite... I was confronted by a lot of things that I didn't think I would be confronted by. I've been in therapy for a year and a half. I've worked on who I am as a person, who I am as in relationships. And I just thought I'd done enough work. But what I'd learned is that no matter where you are in your life, there is so much more that you need to learn in the process, especially when you're bringing someone else into your life. So that's what I'll be talking about today. But first... Let's talk about lucky girl syndrome. Let's do a little recap on last week's episode. I love, I love. So basically I was doing lucky girl syndrome and have been doing that for two weeks now. And what that was, was I had to wake up at 7am every single day. I had to do diary entries as if I was living a life that I already wanted. I had to work out or do some physical exercise. Did I drop that off after three days? Maybe. Did I only wake up at 7am a couple of times? Maybe bully. But guess what? I gave it a red hot grow. Red hot grow? Red hot go, guys. I gave it a red hot fucking crack. So honestly, what I think I've gotten out of all of this is maybe not even the routine of lucky girl syndrome. I didn't explain that very well. So basically you do these things and then you say affirmations and that, you know, I'm the luckiest girl in the world. Everything works out for me. You write down everything that's happening to you um, in real time. So every single day you get to document all the things that are happening to you in the way of career, in the way of life, in the way of love. So I was doing that. And as soon as I started this lucky girl syndrome, I started feeling a shift in my life when it came to my career in the sense of I started getting castings. I got called into agencies. I have got callbacks. I'm going to my first paid test shoot for an acting gig that might be ongoing. So this all came about, mind you, I've been doing this for eight months straight, but I think once I came to this lucky girl syndrome program, which I made up myself, made it up myself. What it was, was every single day I got to go back at the end of the day and I had to write down what I had achieved, where I was at, what was coming in. It was just accountability. And it was honestly just like over and over and over again, I got to see what I had achieved as opposed to just going through the week, not knowing what had come up, not really knowing what was going on because a horrible trait of mine is one, I need structure, but two, my brain does not work in that way. So if I don't write anything down, my brain is so scrambled all the time that I just forget great things that have happened. And I'm more inclined. I am, I'm all, I've always been someone who's super, super positive And I'm always like, yes, like this is going to happen no matter what. Like I just need to keep keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. But I've had to have that mentality my whole life because there is definitely an extreme amount of self-doubt in myself. So along with someone who is like, yes, this is going to happen. I need to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Then the self-doubt and the anxiety is always there as well though. So I'm always like, yeah, but what have you really done? And what have you really achieved? And, and whereabouts are you? So doing this program has allowed me at the end of every day and the end of the week to go, holy shit, things are really happening for me. And then I, it's like, I'm triggering in my brain. These great things are happening. Let's keep the momentum going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So honestly, it has been the best thing ever. And I need to just get a little bit more strict on it 
just a little bit more strict because I love a sleep in. And I don't know what it is. I think at the moment because it's so dark in London and I always sleep with my blinds open so I wake up with the sun, but you can't at the moment because it's not fucking light until 8 a.m. So I think that's been a real curveball. But we went outside today and it is getting a little bit warmer, guys. It's getting a little bit warmer. So I think that'll be a lot easier for me to get up in the morning. But I'm going to try and stick to this routine because I think it has been so, so, so good for me. It is also one of the things was I had to put TikTok videos up as well. I honestly feel like I've come back to myself so much because I used to do acting and sketch comedy, improv, all the rest before I fell into modeling. So I was doing that for a really long time. Then modeling, I started doing modeling and I sort of, that took over. And then I felt like I had to be this model and I had to take on this role of like, oh, you know, you have to be pretty and you have to come across a way. And then I started doing fashion TikToks and they were just so like put together and they weren't me. Like they were me to an extent because I love fashion, but they were just like, there was no comedy in it. There was no personality in it. Once I've started doing these TikToks, I've been like, hold on a minute. I've got a, fi- I've got a little bit of banter inside me. I've got fucking banter for days, bro. So I've started doing that. I literally had like maybe 10 followers on TikTok and now I'm at a hundred followers in two weeks, which is a really big deal for me. Yeah, I've been doing the TikTok has been so amazing. I feel like I'm coming back to myself and my personality. Doing that has triggered me back into be like, why am I not acting? Cause that was my passion my whole life. That's what I wanted to be doing my whole life. And like, that's what got me to modeling. I dropped out of university to, to do acting. I, I moved from Brisbane to Sydney to do acting. And then I just fell into a different world and took that world too seriously, I think. Um, and I think I lost myself a little bit along the way. So I'm so glad that I've com- been coming back to myself. And honestly, like just to rattle off a few things that have happened in the last two weeks, I've had a couple of castings. They haven't gone anywhere. One, I went to one yesterday. It went really badly, <laughs> but that's okay. At least I'm getting out there. At least I'm getting in the front, front of people. So I've been doing that. I got a casting uh, with an acting agency that I signed up to a really long time ago. I thought that was dead in the water. They have contacted me, went to the casting, went well. I got contacted by an agency as well. I went in and took photos with them. Who knows where that'll go, but hopefully it goes really well. So I'm kind of just trying to have my finger in every fucking pie, every pie. But yeah, so that's what is happening with lucky girl syndrome. I'm going to continue doing it. It has been so fucking good. I don't know if I like have structured that so you guys understand what it is, but honestly, all it is, is having structure, putting yourself out there, connecting with people, three different people a day, doing diary entries, writing as if you actually live that life, manifesting, keeping yourself accountable in some way. If you don't want to put it on a platform, that's completely fine. You can send it to a partner. You can send it to whoever the fuck you want. Making sure, and at the end of the day, this is the this is the biggest thing for me. The end of the day or the end of the week, if you don't have time to do it every single day, look at what you have achieved. Because let me tell you, it'll be a lot. I love, I love. So now let's get into the nitty gritty stuff. Let's talk about relationships. Now... I'm in a relationship. (laughs) I am in a relationship. I moved over to London to live my single girls, single girls, put your hands up, single girls in the house. Um, But I have came over here and I met my partner two weeks, two weeks, maybe like two or three, four weeks after I landed. So I was not single for very long, but yeah. So we have been with my partner now for a little over six months uh, or six months. And it's hands down the best relationship I've ever been in. 
which is kind of funny considering it should be logistically, it should be the hardest relationship I've ever been in. Um, I mean, I'm only on a two year visa. He's a British citizen. So that comes with a lot of pressure and a lot of struggles. As I get older and experience life, I start to realize that these fairy tales we've been told our whole lives are just that. They're literally just a fairy tale. Like, you know, the real long lasting relationships are work and their lessons and their journeys that are meant to be lived. And I'm actually totally okay with that. I think I've been told my whole life that you cannot love someone unless you've completely cured yourself and you are a whole person and you completely love yourself and there's nothing wrong with you now. And you've worked on yourself. You, you have no triggers, you have no trauma. And I agree with that to the point because I think you have to do work on yourself, right? As I said before, I've been in I've been in therapy for a year and a half and that has made me a completely different person who I was before I started. So I do believe that you definitely have to put the work in. Before I before I started therapy, there was a lot a lot a lot of triggers that I had, a lot of trauma that I had that I didn't even realize and I would walk into relationships and I would whoever's been listening since the beginning knows how much I used to fuck up in relationships and how much, to be fair, I was with men who were very avoidant at the time. And that was typically someone that I would go for because that fed into what I thought I wanted and what I thought love was. Now I've done the work. When I've come into a relationship now, I thought I wouldn't have any triggers anymore. You know, I've worked on my abandonment issues. I've worked on my triggers. I've worked on my anger and where that comes from and giving space and time to my thoughts as opposed to just diving right in. That has changed me as a person completely. That hasn't changed what a relationship will be like though for me. It's just changed how I approach things, which I think is a complete game changer. I think when I was single, I thought okay, I've done all the work now. I've worked on myself. I have found my triggers. I know how to deal with them, all that kind of stuff. So I thought when I go into a relationship, I'm not going to have any more fights. I'm not going to have any jealousy. I'm not going to have any of the problems that I had before. And that's just not the case because you are definitely going to have these triggers and these traumas, they're in you. It's how you approach that situation now, like I said before. And when I came to into this relationship, it was really hard for me in the first month or month and a half because he is a lovely person, but my God, I'm a fucking psychopath, psychopath. I, my anxiety literally has its own planet, which lives inside my fucking brain and little things would happen and my anxiety would be like, he doesn't like you anymore. Mm-mm-mm. Would you look at that? Knew he didn't like you. He hasn't texted you back in 2.5 minutes. What a fucking joke you are. Like it was just to the point where I was like, yeah. But then I sat back in myself and I was like, hold on. These are triggers of old past relationships. And you cannot, my therapist tells me all the time, you cannot paint every relationship with the brush that you painted. Ah, that (laughs) fucked that right up. You cannot paint every relationship with the same brush. Don't bring in the brush that you had in the last relationship. (laughs) This is why I'm not a therapist because I fucking did a botched job on that. But basically don't paint every relationship with the same brush because they're not. They're completely different. You need to allow that new person to show you who they are to show you that they're going to be there for you, to show you that they're going to stand up and communicate and all that jazz. So that was a big learning curve for me. And I sat back and I was like, hold on a minute. 
Let's communicate with this person and see what they come back with. So that was a big, big thing for us in the beginning was communication. Luckily, this person that I'm with is so lovely when it comes to allowing me to speak my mind, allowing me to tell him exactly how I'm feeling and not gaslighting me when I say, you know, I feel this way or a lot of the time, the people that I was with before, I'd be like, I feel this way. And because they were, they would get upset or be like, oh, you know, it was just defense mode straight away where I've been so lucky to be able to be in this safe relationship where I'm allowed to be, I'm allowed to speak, I'm heard. And even if he doesn't necessarily agree with where I'm coming from, he will listen and say, okay, great. I get where you're coming from, but let me tell you why I feel it manifested in that way and why I did things the way that I did it. And then we both come out of it being like, okay, I can see where you were upset and I can see where I was triggered and we worked it out from there. And it was such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. When I said before around communication, we had, when I first got with him, we had completely different communication types. So I'd been with guys my whole life who were gaslighters, who were avoidant attached. And a lot of the typical, typical nature of someone who's avoidant attached is bombard, bombard, bombard you. And then as soon as they feel like you're attaching to them, they run away. All I've ever had my whole life is men who just bombard me with text messages. You know, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. All day, every day we talk, we, we're on the phone, stuff like that. And it's just, I know now that that for me personally is a trigger for me it would just be a trigger for me saying, oh, you know, I wonder where this is going to go because it's so full on now and it's not anymore. That's just, you know, what I've had in the past. So basically when my partner and I got together, he has to have really, really strict boundaries around his phone when he's working because he's very, very much like me and gets distracted quite easily. So when, when we started dating, I would maybe get a message once through the day. And then he would message me, you know, at nighttime or we would have a call or we would go on a date or something like that. So that was really, really hard for me in the beginning because I have all I've ever had my whole life is people bombarding me. So I just assumed because he wasn't messaging me that much, he couldn't have been that keen. But when we were together, the spark was there. He was so attentive. He was amazing. And when he said he would message me, he messaged me. When he said we were doing something, we were doing something. And in the beginning, I should have looked at that more, but I didn't because I was like, oh, you know, he must not like me that much, blah, 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 blah. There was definitely this one night I went out and I was a bit upset because I was out to dinner with girlfriends and he hadn't messaged me or whatever. Anyway, so I was heading home and I called him and he was like, hey, how are you? And I was like, yeah, good. You know, and he's like, oh, you sound down. Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, no, I'm fine. And he was like, no, no, like talk to me. What's going on? One, praise the Lord, because I've never had that in my fucking life. And two, I was like, well, if I'm honest with you, I really haven't heard from you tonight. And I just find that, you know, other people were getting messages and stuff like that. And I just, we don't have the same textiles and like communication is a really, really big thing for me because I feel my abandonment issues are when I'm away from someone. The most beautiful thing I've heard is people with abandonment issues, they only feel as secure as their last conversation with their partner. So that for me is a huge thing. So I said to him, you know, communication is a big thing for me because when we're apart, it's just, you know, a text message or a call is just a really important for me. And he was like, okay, no worries. I thought you were out with your girl, with your girlfriends. I didn't want to interrupt. I was waiting for you to give me a call. Just letting you know, I've been thinking about you all day just because I'm not on the phone constantly doesn't attribute to how I feel about you. And just that sentence was so comforting to me that I was like, oh yeah. I did say to him as well though, okay, I totally understand where you're coming from, but I do need a little bit more communication when we're apart. Just, it's just who I am. It's 
how it's my love language. It's, 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 it'll just make me feel a little bit more comfortable. He took that on board and was like, absolutely. No worries. If that's what you need, a hundred percent. And from that day, he took that on board and was like, yep, no worries. Communication has been a really, really, really big thing for us. And it's well us and for me. So I think being able to communicate my feelings to someone else has been so fucking liberating and so comforting. And I feel so safe and having someone communicate with me is more that I could ever ask for. But if I had that old mentality that I used to have in relationships before, I wouldn't have communicated what I was feeling. I would have put a wall up. I would have been like, no, you know, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. See you later. And I would have been like, I'm going to sleep. It was 4 p.m. in the afternoon. I'm going to sleep night. And he would have been like, okay. So I think it has been a really big lesson for me. I will have triggers. My abandonment issues aren't going anywhere anytime soon. They will go over time, but I think they are still there. And I talked to him about that. And I talked to him about my triggers. I do have a fiery temper. It's only ever come out once or twice. And he's literally been like, you're being really mean right now. I've been able to go, okay, yep. Why am I feeling this? Where is this coming from? I give myself space in when I'm angry, when I'm sad, I step away from things before I was just so, I need to talk about it now. And I don't want to go to sleep on this and it needs to be done now. And I, and it's, and it is, I would, I would just get myself up into a rage because I needed everything sorted. And, and I didn't let, allow myself to step back and be like, where is this coming from? Because a lot of the time the triggers were coming from past trauma and had nothing really to do with anything or the situation that was going on in that time. And it makes me think how many fights I didn't need to have in the past because of that. Again, I can't be too hard on myself. The relationships I was in in the past, they were avoidant and they were assholes I want to say <laughs> what I'm trying to say basically is if you go into a relationship it's not all going to be sunshine and rainbows and that's okay to a point if you are not being heard if you are not allowed to communicate if you are being gaslit if your feelings are not met then th- that is not what I'm talking about I'm talking about this fairy tale that we've been spoon-fed our whole lives that you know it's love at first sight and when you know you know and some people do know some people know when they know but also don't beat yourself up if you've gone into a relationship and you've had a fight and you're triggered by something that's an old trauma and you're like fuck I've done so so much work on myself I thought I'd come so much further than what I had hold on a minute the fact that you're even having that conversation with yourself in this moment means that you have come tenfold because I tell you right now myself two years ago would not have the foresight to stop in that moment and go Why are these triggers here? God damn it, I fucking hate that I feel this way. I hate that I thought that I'd done so much more work on myself and I hadn't. I wouldn't even have the maturity or the foresight to think any of those things. In saying that, even though I've done the work and I continue to do the work and I see my therapist and, you know, we chat and we talk and we discuss these things. And I literally was talking to her the other day and I want to get on to things that she has taught me because I just think they are so relevant. She's so fucking amazing. She has changed my world. She has changed who I am and I am now in a healthy relationship. One, because the person that I'm with allows me to communicate. When we first got together, I really made an effort to communicate. I would, even if we had the tiniest little bicker, I'd be like, I before we go to sleep, I just want to let you know, this is why I spoke like that. This is where it was coming from for me. This is my side of the story. And I just need you to know that before we go to sleep, I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I just need you to understand why I feel the way that I feel. Um, and I hope you understand that. And he would literally come back and be like, thank you for being so open. And thank you for ending 
our fight there because this is how I feel. This is why I felt that way. And now I can understand where that was coming from. Mind you, we've had some blow ups and I haven't been able to stay that cool, calm, cool and collected. One time we went ice skating and it didn't end that well. I can be a little bit crazy. Even doing this episode, I was so hesitant to do it for a long time because I was like, imagine if I do this episode and then he's like, I don't actually like you anymore. And then I have to come on tomorrow and be like, guess what, guys? Guess who's single again? Guess who's single again? It's me. Guess who's single again? Guess who's single again? It's me. I love you. There is this book called Attached as well that my therapist could not recommend higher. And when I was reading, I haven't finished it, so let me say that first. But when I was reading this one part, it was so amazing. For a really long time, I thought I had to be single to do everything that I wanted to do in my life. And I just thought that they would they would hold me down and I wouldn't I would become complacent and I would uh, settle uh, and I wouldn't be the best version of myself because I wouldn't push and push and push. I read this book and it's this beautiful part about a relationship should not be two people running side by side, running, living separate lives side by side. And I used to always say that. I used to say, oh, I just want to, you know, a partner and then my life runs side by side and then we come back together, but we're both, you know, doing really well in our own lives and we never have to like help each other or cross over or anything like that. This book was like, no, two people need to lean on each other. They need to let each other grow and lean and help. And that's how you build a safe, loyal, trusting relationship. And I just think that was really, really cool to hear because I feel like I've been taught my whole life that I had to have it all together and I had to be completely okay. And I had to all life completely sorted and I had to love myself wholeheartedly before I could love anyone else, which I just think set me up for complete failure in the beginning when I went to this, into this new relationship, because when a trigger point started coming up, I was like, Oh fuck, why is this happening? This isn't meant to be happening. What, why am I doing this? I'm just the same old person that I was before. And it's like, no, two people in a relationship, it's never going to be perfect. I should say, I'm never going to be perfect as a human being, but I've done the work on myself and now I can put that into play in this relationship. And I think if people know that, then they can take the stress off themselves a little bit when they do go into a relationship and these, you step and you fumble and you fall. We're people, we're learning constantly. We're learning who that other person is that we're with. We're learning their communication styles. We're learning what they want in life and the push and the pull. I think that's such a beautiful thing in a relationship. And I wish I knew that a little bit earlier because I think I just thought I had to be okay and this new, next relationship was going to be perfect and it was going to be no fighting and it was going to be none of my triggers, I should say. The main thing for me was none of my triggers should come back up because I've worked so hard on getting rid of them. They're always going to be there. I just know how to work with them now, which I think is such an incredible thing. I love, I love Three little things my therapist, well, four little things my therapist has taught me actually finding the evidence. So this was a huge one for me in the beginning of our relationship because it's all around anxiety and triggers. So I would literally get on a call with her and be like, take texting for an example, you know, it's our communications a little bit like, I don't know if he feels that way, whatever, whatever, whatever. And she would be like, find the evidence, Cindy. I need you to find the evidence. If your anxiety is throwing something up in your face and being like, why don't you be anxious about this for a second? Why don't, uh, oh, I wonder what, how he feels about this or how, why do you feel like that? Why are you, why are you getting all edgy about that? Find the evidence. Where is the evidence in your statement? So say it's like, oh, you know, he hasn't messaged me in an hour. That means he doesn't like me anymore. Even though we're literally going out for a lovely dinner tonight. 
lovely spag bolina goes. But I would, she would say, find the evidence. So what I would do then was, and I've done this with so many things now. I've done it with my career. I've done it with friends. I've done it with everything because I have a habit as well. My anxiety has a habit of telling me that all my friends hate me. <laughs> literally all my friends hate me. So I'm meeting all these new people and all these new friends. And I would literally walk out of a dinner with these new friends or something like that. And I'd be like, why did I say all that? They're probably talking about me inside saying how much of a doink or loinker I am. Like I'm so embarrassing. What the hell? Blah, 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 blah. Then it would be like, find the evidence, Indy. Find the evidence of why you, where you were embarrassing. Find the evidence of why they would be talking about you inside right now. And I would literally go, okay, no worries. And I would look through my phone and I'd probably have a message from them 30 minutes later being like, such a good night, girls. How funny was that? Blah, 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 blah. There's no evidence that they hate me. <laughs> There's no evidence that they're talking about me. There's no evidence that I'm any less of a human being. They like me. We have a great friendship. I'd be like, cool, no worries. When it comes to my boyfriend, I would be like, he doesn't like me very much. He doesn't like me very much. Where is the evidence? Where is the evidence? I would go back to our messages, two messages before that. He'd be like, just letting you know, I love you. Or blah, 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 blah. Where is the evidence to show that this person doesn't care about you? Where is the evidence to show that these friends don't care about you? That has been the biggest thing for me, even with career stuff. I'd be like, oh, great. That person doesn't want to work with me. I'd go back and read the messages or I'd go back and think about a conversation or an interaction that we had together. And it was amazing. And they said great things about me. And they said, I can't wait to do this with you. And I can't wait to collaborate on this with you. Where's the evidence that that person doesn't want to work with you? Where is the evidence that that person doesn't like you? There is no evidence. Perfect. That's my favorite one, without a doubt. So find the evidence. If you have someone who, if you are someone who is highly, highly anxious and your anxiety constantly tells you that you are less than, that you don't deserve the things that you have in your life, that you are not worthy of certain things, find the evidence, find the evidence of why you are worth, worth these things. The next is breathe, breathe, breathe. (laughs) Take your time, step out of it. Give yourself space to feel your feelings, journal, jot down what you're feeling, break it down and see where the root cause is. Because I can tell you right now, 85, 90% of the time, it is not coming from what you think it is. I would have a fight with someone and we would be, and I would be like, you know, I'd be so upset because of something that they did through the day. And I would take myself out of it and I would step back and I'd be like, okay, what have they done? Why has that annoyed me? Where is that trigger coming from? I'd find the trigger. Is that trigger worthy of this amount of pain in your life, of this amount of crying, of this amount of yelling at that person? No, it's not. Because what they've done isn't that bad. Go and communicate with that person how you're feeling Honestly, they probably don't even know what's going on. If it's a man, they're probably sitting at work being like, God, I've had a really good day with Indy. (laughs) I'm sitting at home being like, you're a fucking piece of shit. So literally go and communicate with that person. Communication, communication, communication is key. That's all I can fucking say. Find the evidence. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Give yourself time to evaluate the situation and see where that trigger is coming from. And then the very last one, which I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but it's so fucking important is hundred percent, 10%. She doesn't call it this, but I call it hundred percent, 10%. It's a partnership. You're a team. 
You would not go into a business with someone and you would put $100,000 into that business and they put $10 into that business. That is not something you would do. That is not business savvy. That is not something that you will grow from. That's not something that's never going to be fruitful for you. That is not something that allows you to grow. That is not something that is, will be successful. So why on earth would we go into a relationship when someone with someone who is willing to put 10% in and you're putting 100% in? You need to find someone who is going to put just as amount of work into this relationship as you are because relationships are work. So you need a partner who sees it as a partnership, who sees it as a team and who is willing to put 50-50 in. 100-100. Now I'm not coming on here to preach because my relationship is not perfect. I'm just saying it's more so around the fact that I wish that I knew that you didn't have to be this magical, amazing, 100% person to be loved. You're allowed to be a little bit broken. You're allowed to have feelings. You're allowed to have past trauma. As long as you've worked on those things and you now know how to communicate, feel and express those emotions and those feelings, then that's okay. You're allowed to be a little bit crazy. (laughs) You're allowed to be you. You do not have to be 100% okay. You probably need to be 90%. (laughs) So that's all I've come on to say today. It wasn't a very funny one. I feel like they haven't been very funny lately. But maybe that's because you need to go to my TikTok and watch TikTok because they're really good. They're really good. Yeah. If you've got any questions, hit me up on Indie Plus More on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok on Guess Who's Single Again. Honestly, follow me on TikTok. Maybe you'll be my 101 follower. Go on then.